Welcome to Crank and Sprockets, a weekly call-in podcast that answers your questions, provides insights and advice, and starts a conversation about bicycles. In this episode, we'll meet a producer and documentarist whose passion is riding bike trails around the Midwest. He wants to know what's up with Mackinac Island. Why no cars? And are there bike trails on the island? And can he bring his own bicycle? A high racer recumbent biker who competes in endurance and ultra-endurance competitions on pavement and is interested in getting dirty on some mountain bike trails. She wants to know if anyone is riding recumbents on serious single track and if anyone is making mountain bike ready recumbents. Finally, we'll meet Bob the Bike Man, who single-handedly created Pedal Through Youth, a nonprofit in Springfield, Mass., and with the help of local law enforcement officers, has gifted over 1,200 kids with a free bicycle. And if this was not enough, Bob has a fatal neurodegenerative disease. Bob's story is one of inspiration and left us wondering if angels ride bicycles. Hey, welcome to Crank and Sprockets. Who do we have on the line today? Uh, this is uh, Phil, Phil from Elgin, Illinois. Hey, Phil, Elgin, Illinois, man. Hey, welcome to Crank and Sprockets. Um, Phil, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do in Elgin? Uh, I'm a video producer, actually. I have my own video production company. Wow, what kind of stuff do you produce? Uh, well, you know, it's kind of uh, 50-50. I, I uh, do a lot of you know corporate video uh, businesses that want very video cool. on their uh, website or Facebook page, that kind of thing. But I've also been uh, doing a lot of um, local history. In fact, I've uh, produced a couple of different documentaries with the uh, uh, local historical society here nice. um, in, in Elgin. So I've been doing like local history uh, documentaries. Nice, man. And, and what, what, do you guys have some good bike trails out there? Um, where do you guys ride around the, um, the area? Yeah, actually, there's... there's uh, a number of different trails. This is uh, uh, the Fox Valley uh, area. Elgin is this old cool. town on the Fox Valley, and so um, there's trails up and down the, the river, which are really cool. And then, of course, you know, there's other, yeah. you know, like the, the old railroad lines and such that they've converted to uh, bike trails. But, yeah, I, I uh, actually live about um, maybe 13, 14 miles from uh, work. Um, I, I ride... Uh, as often as I can to uh, to work. It's about nice. Uh, nice. maybe 45, 50-minute bike ride. I'm probably yeah. slower than I, I should be. But, yeah. <laughs> now we're not going to get there, Phil. Although what I would like to do is very quickly do a, a quick um, time study on that. No, just kidding. Um, hey, yeah, you know, the, the rail trail stuff in Illinois is really cool. I know that there's a lot of um, old railroad lines that have been turned into some pretty impressive trails. And um, I'll have to, yeah. look up, have to look up the uh, the Fox Valley. That sounds really interesting. So... Yeah, it's very, it's really pretty. Uh, you know, it's not really the Elgin's this this town. It's almost as old as Chicago. Wow. You know, it's like yeah. 1830s is when it was uh, founded, and so it's uh, it's not like the suburbs. You know, yeah. it's um, it's very uh, a lot of you know natural heritage. Areas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, man. You're heading into the documentary. Perfect. Thank yeah. you. No. <laughs> so, hey, Phil, what's your question today for Kraken Sprockets? Well, you know what? Uh, we're actually planning. My wife and I are planning a, a trip. To Mackinac Island. Nice, uh, yeah, month. yeah. A little uh, biking around the island and and uh, leaf peeper type stuff, and um, uh, just wanted to get a little advice on that trip. You know, we we're both uh, kind of 
you know, moderate uh, bikers. Right. Um, my wife's never been mountain biking per se, and I've only been once with a yeah. crazy buddy of mine in in Santa Fe, <laughs> where he took me down the, the ski hill <laughs> and nice. uh, uh, scared the uh, <laughs> crud out of me. I guess right. is the right way to put that. Cool. But um, uh, anyway, so um, just wanted to get a little advice. It looks like there's there's a lot of um, like regular uh, paths around right. the, the island, but but I went on the website and uh, they also have some really cool mountain biking. It looks like yeah, um, you know, uh, up on some nice uh, elevations and such. Right. And so uh, one of the things that that my wife's a little concerned about is uh, you know that that high elevation riding that, that ending up in, ending up in Lake Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he, he writes that you know it's uh, it's like. A single trail with you know 500 foot and drop off and, and stuff like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. Perfect. Right. Right. Uh, hey, honey. So, honey, uh, you. Was, <laughs> honey, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering, is there a, is there a, a, a technique for that? You know, because it doesn't seem like you want to keep your eyes, you know, <laughs> right yeah, on I, your front tire. You know, are, are you supposed to like? Yeah, look off it, into the yeah, you know, I, what I find works a lot is to close your eyes on a lot of downhills, especially with 500 <laughs> foot drop offs. You know, cl- uh, closed eyes are always best. Yeah, you don't want to know. You know, kind of take it as it comes. Now, um, <laughs> hey, so well, what kind of riding? Yeah, it sounds like you guys do a lot of bike paths and things. You know, where you're from. Yeah. Um, and I imagine you guys probably have you know cross bikes, probably something you know like a like a modern day gravel bike. So you're on the road, you can ride on gravel. You know, dry, um, yeah. dirt trails. Yeah. No, you know uh, what? I, well, you know what's really cool about the island is um, no cars are allowed, and I know that's pretty incredible, man. Um, going back to the history and documentary type uh, some background, um, 1875, yeah, no. nationally protected by the U.S. government, much like Yellowstone, much like uh, Glacier, which is pretty awesome. incredible, man. No cars allowed. Um, bicycles, foot traffic, and horse-drawn carriages. Um, you guys will actually have to ferry over um, from yeah, from you know from probably from uh, Wisconsin. And um, you'll absolutely love it. It's it's incredible. So, yeah, on the mountain biking, what I'd recommend is, you know, always take it as it comes. You know, don't don't overreach. Don't do things that make you uncomfortable or you think you're going to get hurt. But I think what you ought to do is find an outfitter, um, a bike shop, somebody in town there on the island and actually just run a mountain bike. You know, and you don't have to go out all day. Just go for like an hour. Rent the thing for an hour, maybe a couple hours. Then you guys have got probably a little bit better suspension. You've got some, you know, maybe disc brakes. It's going to give you the ability yeah. to handle those trails a little better, and I think that would be really cool. Um, yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, then you still have your bikes for roaming around town. That, that island's beautiful, man. You can, you can go from the hotels. You can go to the restaurants, the bars. Um, and just kind of check it out. So that's what I'd recommend. And I, and I think, you know, and again, as I mentioned, always, you know, have your wife go first when you're, you know, especially <laughs> on some dangerous stuff. Um, <laughs> so, but, but then policy paid off. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, that was my next thing I was going to mention is yeah. yes, please, before you leave the house. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, all uh, jokes aside, is, is that, is, you know, something like that, um, is that, do you think, beyond Doable? our... No. Yeah, yeah, or, or it should be kind of steerless. No, 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 I think you can be fine. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing is, is just, you know, caution. And, and you know, you, it, it's not going to be like when you're out in, you know, New Mexico riding with your, your crazy friend, um, you know, coming down ski basins <laughs> and, you know, elevation. and But, but you yeah. know, there'll, there'll be some steep little things, but, but it just take it, you know, take it 
you know, three feet in front of you, you know, six feet in front of you. Just don't, don't freak out. Um, uh, whatever you do, don't stare over the cliff. Um, <laughs> look, right. look down at the path and you should be fine, man. You guys are going to have a blast. And, um, so, so your, your recommendation then is actually to not, you know, look off into the, into the, distance but to kind of look yeah. six eight feet in front yeah, of yeah, your yeah yeah keep, yeah keep your eyes focused on your trail you know the big thing is you know it, it's kind of like skiing or mountain biking um you know snowboarding you know just break down the hill don't don't look you know it takes a lot of experience and years of riding before you can you know kind of like be thinking about that next turn that next you know rise that next berm yeah. you know kind of keep it right in front of you and you guys are going to be just fine man don't you know it, that's the that's the thing you know, if you if you rent some you know really nice quality mountain bikes from a local store or shop in town you're gonna have great brakes you're gonna have great suspension you should have a blast man so i can't you know i wish i was going with you guys so <laughs> i do too so yeah well thanks you go first. yeah <laughs> with my eyes closed so <laughs> right, right, cool right. well hey man thanks phil for calling in um hey drop us a line an email or call back and let us know how the trip went we can't wait to hear and um Hey, enjoy one of the few places on this planet where cars, carbon-burning, you know, machines are not allowed, dude. So really have a good time, man. Uh, thank you so much. We, we will. Yeah. Wish I was going with Phil and his wife to uh, Mackinac Island. Um, beautiful place. Amazing place to go for a bike ride. And yeah, always a good idea, Phil. Make sure the life insurance policies are paid up. And, um, you know, have your wife go first. Always have her go first. And, uh, and, yeah, make sure you do not look over the cliff, buddy. Hey, welcome to Crank and Sprockets. Who do we have on today? Hi, my name is Tanya. I'm from Shasta, Minnesota. I'm a high racer recumbent rider. Recumbents. Is it easy to stay balanced on those things? I watch people riding those, and I'm always like, that, that just looks like impossible. I don't think I could do it. Well, there's a couple different styles, and it, it does take a little bit of practice. Once you've gotten used to it, though, yeah, it's pretty easy. Too bad. Hey, I got to ask: Do you ever ride an upright bike, or do you always are you solely recumbent? Uh, once in a while, I'll go out with my son on on a traditional bike, but not too often. I'm almost completely recumbent. Wow. I have both a, a road bike, and we have bikes that we ride on the trails locally here. How fast are they? I mean, are they are they comparable with an upright like a road bike, or are, are, you know, are they quicker? Are they you know what? Is there any advantage do you see to riding those? Well, for the trails, we have bikes that will go standard speeds with anybody else on the trails. For the road bikes, pretty comparable. Um, one of the advantages that we've found with them is that um, from a, a power transfer standpoint, yeah. it's a little bit more efficient. So you wow. can go longer distances, which is why both my husband and I ride them. It's for long wow. distance riding, 100 miles or more. Oh, my. Wow. Um, so as far as speed though, like on the on the high racers, I can hold like 20 miles an hour on a flat. Yeah, yeah. So pretty comparable. Yeah, that that's wild. I, I you know, I, I I've seen them. Um, the other day, I, I saw a guy coming down one of the bike trails, and he had like the plastic, the fiberglass. It looked like a like a race car, like a little tiny car. Oh, sure. And at first, so okay, so here's how naive I am. He went by, and I'm like, that was crazy. What was that thing? And then later I found out that it was a recumbent because he was moving. I turned yeah. around and I was going to try and catch him just to check it out, and he was gone. I couldn't catch him. So. Oh, and that's a whole separate category. Those suckers will go super fast. Wow. You can't keep up with those. Once you've got any sort of fairing on them, yeah. you're, you're no hope of catching up and try to get any drag out or try yeah. to get any um, tail speed off of those. Right. You, can't, you can't lock onto that wheel for your life. That's crazy. I mean, I, it looked cool. It looked like a little Italian race car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of different kinds, too. I haven't been in one. I would love to, though. Yeah. The speed that they get in those is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, hey Tanya, what, what's your question for Crank and Sprockets? What, what what can we? What do you want to? What do you want to discuss or, or have us answer? Yeah, yeah. So um, I know that my husband and I love to go out on the road uh, for for the long distances, and um, recumbent actually is a, a weird little subcategory of biking. I'm curious if there's anyone out there kind of crazy enough to take those things out and do mountain biking. With them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the Scandinavians. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Of course. Of course. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's funny. So many American riders, um, a friend of mine, um, Travis Brown, he went over to Europe when his mountain bike career here had kind of, you know, peaked. He was U.S. national champion and he went over there and did single speed racing and came back and said, you know, they're, they're, they're really good and they're insane. So yeah, so probably the Scandinavians. Now, um, this is interesting. It's an interesting little category. Um, there's a company called Ranger and they're making some, um, some recumbents that are actually classified as mountain bikes. Uh, I actually saw something a while back. They, they're doing like a fat tire version, which, you know, it's the flavor of the day, but I, but I think it's, 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 it looks really cool. Um, yeah, I, I think the cool thing or, or the interesting part, you've got enough experience. I, I wouldn't try it. I mean, I, I, you know, be a medevac i'd be backed out to a hospital um <laughs> but but i did see that they actually there's an art to dragging your feet and using your feet to kind of come around curves they also showed like the flintstone mobile they, they showed this guy when he took off he was kind of using his foot to kind of you know pedal to get himself up to sure. speed yeah so, well that makes a lot of sense when you're first learning on them yeah. you know you asked about balance yeah when you're first learning it it's a lot of Red Flintstoning, actually, is what we end up calling it, too, <laughs> to learn how to get up to speed and get your feet locked into the pedals. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it's really, I mean, you know, it's funny. I actually did ride once with Travis Brown up in Durango, and um, he would unclip and actually use his foot on some insane, you know, wicked downhill turns. And I said to him, I said, that's kind of crazy. And he goes, yeah, it's just a little something I picked up. So so I guess it does make sense, you know. Um, but, sure. yeah. You should check them out. It's called Ranger, um, and, I, and I saw their website, and there's some really cool stuff out there a while back. I was kind of doing some homework on some stuff, and what it reminded me of is years ago I was doing a project, um, and I ran into the whole adaptive mountain bike area. They're all paraplegics who actually race. Um, they wear full body armor, and if you get a chance, go online and check out some of those videos. There's um, Some of those guys and, and women are just, it's crazy. So I imagine it's in that same class of kind of riding. Um, but again, you probably have enough experience to try it um, and, and, you know, probably come off the trail unscathed versus, you know, someone, <laughs> hey, kids. Not kill myself doing it. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Kids, don't try this at home. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it def fun. yeah, definitely check it out, Tanya. What, what I recommend you do is, um, you know, see, see, you know, maybe you and your husband could actually adapt one of your existing bikes and give it a shot. Um, I know the frame thing would probably be an issue with the fat tire, but um, but yeah. ch check it out. Let us know. We'd love to hear back from you. Um, send us an email or call back in and tell us how it worked out. Um, I, I and, and maybe I'll get up the courage to go out and try it. So thanks. Yeah, thank you. That's <laughs> cool. Very helpful. Yep. Well, take it easy, Tanya. Talk to you soon. Bye. Yep. Bye. Hi, racer recumbent rider. Learned something new today. Thanks, Tanya. I've seen recumbents around town that had no intel on why people ride them. Speed and endurance. Not sure if I'd try one on a single track, but Tanya sounds like she's going to go out and get dirty and give it a try. Good luck, Tanya, and let us know how it goes. Every episode of Crank and Sprockets, we welcome a special guest, someone who lives a bicycle lifestyle, people who are making a difference in their community. This week, it's our privilege to have Bob, the bike man, Charlotte, with us. Bob founded and runs Pedal Through Youth in Springfield, Mass. 
Bob's, with the help of local law enforcement officers, has gifted over 1,200 kids with a free bicycle. And not just a bike, they also get a free helmet, a bike lock, a first aid kit, and just a lot of attention and care, really building a community around bicycles. Because we all know that it's not a matter of, you know, if you're going to crash, but when. So that first aid kit's going to come in handy at some point. And if all of this was not enough, the amazing part of this man and his story is that Bob has a fatal neurodegenerative disease, and he's really doing something good and, and kind of living through it. So, Bob, welcome to Crank and Sprockets, man. Thank you. So, Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. I, I, I know you've got a heck of a story, and, and I've, you know, I've read and I've, I've watched the documentary about your life. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got to where you are today. So I was born and raised in upstate New York, up in the Adirondack regions, um, and uh, I was raised by my stepfather. My biological father wasn't around, and my mom just went on and did her own thing at one point, and my, my stepdad raised me. And, yep. um, you know, I ended, up, uh, I ended up in Springfield, Mass. at some point in life, and I've raised a daughter. I have a 24-year-old daughter. Um, I now have a wife and two stepkids, but I... Cool. When I got, you know, when I, I spent 19 years of my life as a bouncer and a bodyguard, and I'm currently yeah. a deputy wow. sheriff with the Hamden County Sheriff's Department in Springfield, Mass. And nice. I teach automotive for a deaf school, Willie Ross School for the Deaf, and, and I work yeah. at a, a mechanic garage. So what, what led you to the bike thing? I think um, I think I read somewhere that, that your daughter was in Girl Scouts, and you may have uh, kind of got your entry through helping out with bicycles for the local troop. Well, well, my daughter was in Girl Scouts, but when she was in uh, elementary school, one of her guidance counselors, who's a local nun, um, would bring me a couple of bikes here and there to repair for her lower-income student. Worked at a local garage, and it was just—it was a few, you know, two or three a month. She'd bring me. She'd pick them up at tag sales, bring them to me to fix, and she'd give them to the poor students. Yeah. Uh, and she was also uh, a volunteer at a local soup kitchen. So wow. she'd bring me some adult bikes to fix up for the homeless people at the soup kitchen. Nice. That's how it really all started, I mean, years ago. And yeah. then when uh, when I got sick a couple years back, another guidance counselor had called me up and said, hey, we see what you've been doing for uh, Sister Joyce Weiss from right. one of the middle schools. Would you, would you mind doing a bunch of bikes for a pre-k program because there wasn't much money in the school system yeah yeah and at this point i was i had gone out to vermont to start the application process for death with dignity a program they have there and so i'm out there at the hospital you know helping them review all my medical paperwork to make sure they agree with it and this guidance counselor calls and and my mind my mindset completely changed at that point wow, i was like yeah. you know what Instead of focusing on dying, uh, let me focus on living and help these kids. Yeah, that is cool. And I came back, and uh, I really didn't have many bikes in stock. I had a couple of old 1970s radio flyer tricycles, <laughs> if you remember the red ones. Yes, you know, I do. They had little tassels hanging off the handlebars. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and they were cool because they were the tricycles that somebody else could stand on the back of it. It had a little ledge on the back that somebody could stand on while right. you are driving right. it. And they were all rotted and rusted up, and I felt bad. So yeah. I took and I sandblasted them. I sent the chrome <laughs> out and had it re-chromed. I had them repainted, and I had some decals made up. A buddy of mine made up some decals. Oh, cool. And uh, we called the guidance counselor up to come pick them up. And when she came and saw these things, she just broke down. Because <laughs> oh, I could have gone to Walmart for like yeah. 25 30 bucks and yeah. bought a couple. Yeah. And I did this instead. And next yeah. thing you know, 
every local news agency came out. And so this was on a Thursday, and the following Sunday was Easter Sunday. Yeah. And from Thursday to Sunday, when I donated those few tricycles to her, hundreds, literally hundreds of bikes started being dropped off at the shop. And so between then and Sunday, I contacted a couple other deputies from the sheriff's department. I said, guys, I don't know what to do. All these bikes are coming in. (laughs) So we called a buddy of mine that's a cop in a town called Chicopee. And I said, you know what? Sunday morning, Easter morning, let's go hit the the poorest area you have in your town. So we did. We met up with a couple of Chicopee officers. We went out there. And we started knocking on doors at like 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. A lady came out and we said, hey, where are your kids? And she goes, oh, they're inside playing video games. And we asked if they had bikes. And she goes, no. And, and I said, well, we got a truck and trailer full of bikes. Oh. So next thing you know, this low-income housing project, there was probably 30-something kids that came out. All the bikes oh, were out God. and the kids were riding them within minutes. No, and way to go, you know, man. Yeah, two more news stations pulled up and started right. filming it. I mean, this is, uh, as of last month, it marked two years yeah. um, that we've been doing this. And uh, in the very beginning, yeah. we, uh, we applied for our nonprofit status. My sister filled out all the paperwork. Yeah. We applied for our status, and we were granted nonprofit within six days. <laughs> That's got to be a record. <laughs> it, it was. Uh, it's never happened. You God. get denied. You have to reapply. Yeah. But we got it. Wow. And then the bikes started coming in literally by the hundreds. We had tractor trailers of bikes show oh, up. Bikes. That we is had banks That's donating incredible. new bikes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we started an application process that the schools go online and fill out an application. Wow. We go on and we see if it's a poverty school. Yeah. And then AAA, the automotive club, yeah, yeah. Uh, reached out to me, and they gave me a bunch of bike racks and stands. Oh, and they said, what else a... can we do? And I said, you know what? We can't just give a kid a bike without giving him a helmet. Yeah. Um, so we started donating helmets. And yeah. then uh, an organization called the Beavers, which is yeah. kind of like an Elks club, right? they uh, they donated 200 bike locks to me. Man. And um, then we started getting water bottles donated. Yeah. And then uh, AMR and ambulance service started donating first aid kits. And we're like, you know uh, what? We're going to make a, like, a whole show out of this. Yeah, a kit. So uh, I contacted every police department I knew. And I said, <laughs> this is what we're going to do, guys. Kids wow. in poverty areas see the yeah. worst in law enforcement. Yeah. So if we get all these bikes done, so we started doing, you know, anywhere from 30, one school we did 90 bikes. Yeah, wow. Um, and uh, so we get to the school with lights and sirens on, <laughs> and we have all the officers line up, and yeah. we have all the helmets on the table, all the bike clocks on the table, all the water bottles, and wow. the first aid kit. So we started having a state trooper from Northampton, another town, come down, and he would stand up and teach bike safety to oh, all the kids first. That's amazing. Way to go. Rules of the road. And then we have a Connecticut State Trooper yeah. that would take a helmet and take a child and show everybody how to put the helmet on properly and adjust it. Yeah, nice. And then uh, we have a local ambulance service, AMR Ambulance. Right. They got up and started teaching all the kids basic first aid, cuts, <laughs> bruises, boo-boos, you know, and the importance of staying hydrated while you ride. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge thing. Man, um, wow. And then they started donating first aid kits attached to the handlebars. So now these kids are getting water bottles from the sheriff's department uh, here. They're getting the bike lock. They're getting the safety lesson, all the tools they need. But even more than that, they're getting one-on-one interaction with a police officer. Nothing better than that, man. Yeah. And they're smiling at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so cool. I, I, I can't say it enough, man. Bicycles, you know, and that feeling. Remember your first ride when you got on that yeah. bicycle and yeah, you felt man. that? Yeah, And it was freedom. Yep. It was total freedom. Yep. And suddenly there you are. Yep. 
Man, way to go. I, you know, let me ask them. Um, I know you guys, with that growth, um, what, any companies come in to help you? I think I'd read or heard that uh, Columbia may have gotten involved to help out with well, some Well, Columbia and- got involved only because, and this is, is going to be a partnership with Columbia in right. a way. So I started creating bikes for kids with disabilities. So many people were reaching out to me saying, my child has autism. Yeah. yeah. My child has dwarfism. Right. My child has CP, cerebral palsy, or Down right. syndrome. Right. Now, there are some... There are some disabilities that it's more of a mental disability, so yeah. it's, you can't create a bike for it. Yes. But kids with uh, kids with autism, right. they are small three-wheeled bikes called Mobies oh, that man. you can get that yeah. are very, very low to the ground, so right. they won't fall off. Of right, them. So right, right. So we got right. some of those in. Yeah. Um, and they're actually steered with levers. There's two levers, oh, and the, yeah. the pedals are out. The yeah. And then we were starting to get the larger trikes in yeah. for people with, you know, balance disorders and right. stuff like that. We started donating those. But then a woman with a daughter with dwarfism reached out to me. Right. And she goes, you know what? My daughter is 16 years old. She's riding a toddler-sized bike. Oh. So this is a girl that's set to go into college. Yeah. And who wants? Who at 16 wants to be riding a toddler bike? <laughs> On nobody, campus. Man. Exactly. Nobody. Yeah. 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 So I, what I did was I had her come in, and I said, you know what? I, am, I can't promise anything, but right. I can try. Yeah. So she came in. I did some measurements. I put her up against different style bikes, different sizes. Right. And I took, it was either three or four bike frames that yeah. I cut up, oh, welded man. together, <laughs> and I had her come back in again to check it out. We got a custom seat, um, and then we sent it out, and we had gears put on it. We oh. had, you know, handbrakes put on it, and we adjusted the handbrakes in so far right where the levers are. You know, every yeah. brake lever has got a, a self-adjusting screw. Exactly. So you can adjust that lever to come in. Yeah. Now, because her fingers are so short, right. we had to bring those levers oh, in. man. So we brought these levers in, so they're almost like a quarter inch away. Bob, I gotta um, ask. I gotta ask. Are you getting like? You must be getting job offers from bike companies. <laughs> no. So well, after after I created the bike for her yeah. and donated it to her, and her mom started sending me videos of her riding. Yeah. You know, the first time her getting on it was tough. Right. Um, it was it was a different change. Right. But after that, she did a twelve mile trek on this bike. No. And her mom sent wow. me the video. Oh. And man, for me to see her riding yeah. out in the woods, yeah. I'm not talking on flat ground. I'm like in the woods, 12 miles for this girl. Mountain it biking. was priceless to see this video. Oh, yeah. Way so to she took this bike and she started showing other people. Yeah. Now people at the National Little People's Convention started yeah. contacting me oh. saying, will you help create frames? Oh. And then Columbia was like, Columbia is part of a, a bike organization. Or Columbia, it's Columbia Pacific. Now right, it's right, right. So... They were like, if you can create more of these, we'll mass produce them. Way to go, man. And I'm like, here's the deal. The only way I'll do it is if you make them affordable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bikes for people with disabilities are so, so expensive, yeah. and it's not right because insurance companies won't cover a bicycle. Oh, that's that's incredible. Yeah, we got to do something about so, that next, Bob. There you go. Yeah, man. So <laughs> if I can make more of these, I'll do it. And yeah. then we park Easter Seals. I'm sure you've heard of yes, Easter Seals. They've sure been around have. forever. Yep. Easter Seals officially partnered up with us last month. So we're going to buy more adaptive bikes for kids with disabilities, the ones that they sell, and then we're going to do all the modifications to them for the kids. Unreal. So we actually have a huge bonfire coming up on November 2nd at a hayride farm to raise money for this. (laughs) Hey, Bob, I've got to ask, do you sleep? You know what, man? I sleep about three to four hours a night. There you go. Um, and I get up and I go to the bike shop and I still work my job. I mean, everybody tells me, you know, you should be enjoying these last few years. Oh, you are enjoying and it. And it's like, 
I love working yeah. and I love doing what I do yeah. at, at the, the auto shop that I work at. Right, right. I'm still, I teach deaf kids here. Oh, they come in and I geez. teach deaf automotive. And the only one in Massachusetts that does this. Wow. I'm giving these kids an opportunity to chase the dream. Yeah. They no want to fix cars, but yeah. you know what I mean? They can't. So I teach them. You know, they're, uh, they're, and then they're the bike shop. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, there's so many careers in the bike industry, designing and building yeah. and fabricating. So, yeah, man, unreal. I mean, if, if somebody reached out to me and said, hey, man, we will we'll pay you to build bikes for kids with disabilities, I'm all about <laughs> it. Because, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, with the sheriff's department, I still right. fulfill a role right. with working with kids and stuff, but right. I'm not out on the streets yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and with my day job, I'm still turning a wrench. Yeah. And it, yeah. You know, it's getting tougher physically, yeah. but I'm yeah. not going to stop because of an illness. No, you know? no. Hey, you know, Bob, this is an amazing story, man. You know, and, and I, we're not done yet. I, I've, every celebrity or, or person of note that we have on the program, we always ask them a question. The rest of the show, it's like, you know, it's like car talk. We let um, our callers ask us. But, Bob, I got to yeah. ask, man, what does it feel like when you miracle a kid with a bicycle? What, what emotion or what do you feel personally uh, when you do that? It's like I wait for that smile. Yeah. So when we get to the school and we call the kid's name right. and an officer comes over with a helmet yeah. and I see that officer get down on his or her knee yeah. and smile at that child and put the helmet on him. Wow. And when I, when I, when you see a six foot two state trooper <laughs> teaching a kid for the first time to ride a bike in a gymnasium oh, yeah. or in the parking lot of that school, man, yeah. when yeah. that kid is looking up and looking back at that trooper, looking for that reassurance, making wow. sure he's not going to fall off the bike. Yeah. And that state trooper is smiling down on that child. Man, you know, state police are like top of the food chain when yeah. it comes to law enforcement in this area. Yeah. And now they're down on a kid's level. Yeah. And yeah. we're showing the empathy of law enforcement. Yeah. You know what Critical. I mean? We're not just a badge and a gun. We're people. Yeah, that's And critical. I have some of the very, very best in law enforcement working with us on this project. People wow. that... I mean, we've donated to 19 schools. We're doing our 20th school on the 27th of this month, wow. another poverty school. Incredible. And these officers are hounding me saying, hey, when's the next school? We need to get time off to do it. These officers will do it on their own time if their lieutenants won't pay them yeah. to do it. They will yeah. come on their own time in uniform wow. and do this. Yeah. And yeah. like... Uh, yeah. it's, dude, it's priceless to see the smile on the kid's face. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I, we talked the other day, and I mentioned to you, I'm coming out there, man. I'm, I'm coming out. I want to come out and spend a you day. Got with it, man. You got him, man. Come out, turn around, go have to, to school with us. You got it. You got it, man. Hey, um, Bob. One last question, man. Bob, um, the bike man, Charlotte. Uh, how would you like to be remembered? You know, all of us. All of us think about that. You know, what is it? What do, what do you want uh, people? What, how do you want people to think? And what do you want them to say about you? I mean, bicycles. I want them to know that one person can make a difference in this world. Wow. See, I started this. It was just me. It was just an idea. And right. now I have this amazing team. I have, and we call ourselves. I call my people the dream team. You know, and we call ourselves <laughs> the family. Nice. We, have, we have a group chat that every morning, like six a.m., our phones start beeping because oh. we're all like, "Good morning, how's it going? Wow. What's going on?" Yeah. And Tuesdays is our bike night. We call right. it. And it's like Tuesday all day. Everybody's anticipating getting out of work. Can't man. wait to get to the shop. We're going to have a blast tonight. Wow, damn. I mean, we had a whole factory donated to us. One just wow. one of our factory buildings, we have over 2,000 bikes in stock. Incredible. Wow. That so is... we have <laughs> roughly around 3,000 bikes in stock total now between oh. three buildings. I better bring my wrenches, man. When I come, I'll bring my man, toolkit. We got 10 workstations. We wow. got a break room. Unbelievable. Um, we have a 20-car enclosed garage that we're starting to teach kids with. <laughs> disabilities how to ride oh. we have two basketball courts out back for our volunteers to play incredible. If they want incredible. To yeah yeah all you got to do is make a difference man. yeah that's it thank it you. doesn't take a thank lot you. 
It's a yeah. big change. Thanks, Bob. And you know what? I, we're going to do everything we can in the Crank and Sprockets network and just you know around our universe of letting people know about what you're doing because I think there's a lot of things people could do to contribute. And Hey, man, it's been a real pleasure. It, it, thank thank you. you. I can't wait to meet you in person. You know, we're we're going to spend some wrenches together, man, so thanks. All right, man. Looking you take care of yourself, it. Bob. Have a great day. Um, good luck with, your, um, with the program, and we're going to stay in thank touch you. with you, man. Thanks, Bob. Bob, the bike man, Charlotte. Angels do ride bicycles. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Crank and Sprockets. Join us next week for more callers, more stories, more fun. And remember, keep spinning.